welcome to Tailgate Talks powered by the nation. It is August 29th. It is a Tuesday and you're listening to episode 194. Dustin, it is officially game week here at Tailgate Talks for, for Red go. Raider Nation. We have a football game on the horizon. Uh, but we got a lot to talk about uh, this week. We're we're breaking down the Texas Tech offense this week, going through the position groups there, discussing all that. We've got our season predictions to make, and we've also got our Wyoming preview as well as some Wyoming predictions to make. So a lot to talk about. It's our uh, favorite week of the season where, you know, that first week jitters, Everything coming up. So excited to get into all that and to catch everything we're doing here at Tailgate Talks throughout this upcoming football season. You got to follow the Tailgate. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five stars. Five stars for the Tailgate. And if you listen to us on Apple, kindly leave us those reviews. Also, go and give our social media accounts a follow. We are on Twitter at Telgate underscore talk. So give us a follow there. That's where we do most of our posting and interacting and everything. But we also have Instagram and Facebook. So give us a follow there. Also, follow that YouTube channel. Uh, we'll be getting uh, videos out there this week with uh, predictions for Wyoming and stuff like that. So give the YouTube channel a follow to catch everything we're doing throughout the season. Uh, you'll want to follow that. And lastly, you have anything to add to the tailgate, comments, questions, anything you want us to discuss on the tailgate, you can always email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right. Welp, we have waited since Texas Tech took down Ole Miss for the bowl game for this week. Dustin, it's been a long, long offseason. It's felt like a lot of positive yes. momentum building for this team, and it Very. is finally almost here. Uh, and so last week we broke down the Texas Tech defense and special teams side of the ball. Uh, and this week it's time to dive into the Texas Tech offense before we get into our season predictions and Wyoming and everything like that. So, Dustin, uh, you're going to lead us off this week with uh, one of our, I think, more improved groups, and that's going to be the offensive line units. So go ahead and uh, lead the way there. Yeah, I had the big boys last week on the D-line, taking the offensive line this week. Now, offensive line, I mean, you've heard Kitley, you've heard – Coach McGuire, this is – we're going as far as this line takes us. And we're hoping they're much more improved. And most of that improvement comes from health. Yeah. A lot of health is needed. Um, biggest guys we lost – we didn't lose a lot is the good thing. Um, really, right. we just gained some guys that were not healthy last year. We lost Weston Wright, who's a senior. And then Michael Shanahan, he transferred out. But everybody else is either back – or we got one new transfer in. Um, so I'm just going to go down the line here from left to right. We flip-flopped our tackles. Yes. <laughs> so Monroe Mills is now on the left. He was on the right. He started 10 games for you last year. He's a junior, 6'6", 315. You're going to hear me say a lot of big numbers here. Uh, 
Left guard, senior Cole Spencer, 6'4", 300 pounds. You have new guy, center, senior, rusty, stats, 6'5", 320. <laughs> you, got your, you got your former center from last year, Dennis Wilburn, moved over to right guard, senior, 6'3", 325. Then you got your right tackle, senior, 6'5", 310, Caleb Rogers. Massive offensive line front there yeah big boys big boys so yeah you flipped caleb rogers and monroe mills they were opposite last year caleb rogers is your most experienced texas tech lineman he has started 29 games for you at texas tech Uh, a lot of left tackle for you um rusty stats has started a ton a ton of games the great thing is him and cole spencer played a lot together at western kentucky years Mm -hmm. ago under kitley so that's a great um, tag team to have there. They've played together a lot in this offensive lot. So great there. And then Dennis Wilburn moves over from center to guard, which is a, his more natural, better position. So Rusty Stats made everything great for us because he's a great center. And then you can move Dennis over. Um, you should have a lot of, like I said, a lot of experience, a lot of beef. And hopefully you can keep these guys healthy. Um, to move forward. If you got a guy that goes down, the two guys to probably be most aware of coming off the bench for your depth, Jacoby Jackson, sophomore, he's probably your swing interior guy. Like if Rusty goes down, Wilburn probably goes to center. Jacoby probably comes in. You also have Landon Peterson, who's a senior guard also. So you got you got a couple guys inside that can help move around and fill some spots there. And then Ty Buchanan, a sophomore, probably your swing tackle if either one of those guys happens to go down. So you have a lot more depth and experience than you've had in years before. This this reminds me of like the old Mike Leach lines. Yeah. Real big, real experienced. They're ready to run you over and you're not getting our quarterback. What do you think about the O-line, man? Yeah, I'm excited for it this year. It's been a while since we've had – like a no offensive joke. line unit group with this much experience <laughs> yeah. and really just the group that you feel like pretty comfortable with. Cause like Cole Spencer was the big get of last year's yep. uh, portal for the line. And then right. he got hurt. And so you never got he to missed see all him. of 22. Yep. Um, and so rusty stats was the big get this year. So you got, like, like you said, you got two guys who played for Kitley, understand Kitley yep. played together, understand how each other works. And so it's nice to have those guys and hopefully they can remain healthy. But also, you know, getting guys like Monroe Mills and Dennis Wilburn and Caleb Rogers back, who are all guys who were on that line for you last year. Big time, yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and much improved by the end of the season. Like, there were some rough moments. Oh, I remember yeah. that Houston game was pretty rough. There were some other games in there. Uh, I felt like Baylor was another brutal one for that line. But I definitely expect them to take a step up this year. Um, and like the coaching staff said, like they go how we go. If, if we yeah. if we want to have the season that everybody's expecting, uh, it starts with these guys. But I definitely like the uh, the depth. Uh, like you said, yes. Jacoby Jackson was a dude who played a lot for you last year, kind of had to. Um, yeah. And so now he's <laughs> he's a guy who you're going to have to trust if, if you need somebody to step in. And just like you said, it's a bunch of other guys who um, like you – you don't feel like there's a huge drop off like you did in years no, past where if one guy got hurt, you're much. like, Oh gosh, what are we going to do? 
Yeah, and so uh, a couple things to wrap that up on the O-line. Yeah, you kind of mentioned how we struggled a little bit. Yeah, our offensive line was last in the Big 12 in sacks and tackles for loss given up. That's not good. That's Mm -mm. partly why you had to run through three quarterbacks multiple times throughout the years. And you had, of course, running backs dinged up here and there. I mean, you got to keep these guys healthy. I mean, this, this I think, is your X-factor group of the better they are, the ceiling ceiling is the roof for this ceiling this team the with these guys. I mean, not only like just keeping Shuck and Morton healthy, but like Brooks will have way more room to run. Yeah. Hopefully if if they can do their job and run these guys over and use these 300 pounds that all of them have. And so like it doesn't go just one way of protecting Shuck. It also goes the other way of making running lanes for for Brooks and Valdez up front too. So I'm really excited for this group. Like you said, we haven't had a continuous group this good in a while. We've had a guy yeah. here and there that's pretty good and goes to the NFL, but like not four and five deep like we are right now. And this is very exciting. And I really, really hope it pans out for us and they take us a long, long way. Yeah, definitely excited to see this group out there especially this saturday kind of see how they get going against wyoming and and kind of what that looks like and yeah you know the key part for them we got to keep these quarterbacks healthy we've got to have a healthy quarterback season it's just something we haven't had and it starts there and keeping those guys from getting hit now of course you got quarterbacks who and shuck and morton who are gonna run the football from time to time and sometimes there's nothing you can do there but um, and I think one of the other keys is last year you had to use your tight ends to help these guys yeah. block. And so they oh, didn't yeah. get a whole lot of run, which you thought they were going to be getting at the start of the season. And yeah. then kind of a few games in, you realize, oh, you know, we're going to need these guys to help chip. Uh, yeah, I'll kind of I'll kind of get to that on our, our tight end breakdown, too. But totally yeah. right. Like these five guys can handle their own much better than what our group could last year filling in and going here and there and bouncing around. And we were trying to piece it together as we went and had to use our big tight ends. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, excited to see this group. And I think uh, I think one of the main things that Joey did when he came in is he wanted to bulk up yes. his, those defensive and offensive lines. And you, you just see it from now. our – Yeah, you can, you can start to see it. It's not fully there yet, but you're taking steps in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the uh, position that they'll be trying to create some holes for, yeah. uh, which I will uh, be covering, and that is our running back uh, room for this season. Uh, of course, we lost Sir Roderick Thompson, who was a, a, a steady workhorse in that backfield for you for several, several years. Uh, he is now in the NFL. Unfortunately, was waived today by the uh, yeah. Seattle Seahawks. He'll so find, a, that's a, he'll find a home on a practice squad but, for sure. Yeah, he'll find a home on a practice squad. And one thing we know is running backs get injured all the time throughout yeah. the league. So I'm sure that he will be needed somewhere throughout this season. So we'll keep an eye on him. But your depth chart as it stands, uh, the depth chart was announced on Sunday. Taj Brooks is, of course, your starting running back. Oh, yeah. Uh, we are all familiar with Taj Brooks. Brooks time. Um, love Taj Brooks and that we get him for one more year and his backup will be Cameron Valdez, who we saw in spurts last season, but didn't see a whole lot of, uh, other guys in that backfield. Bryson Donald will be kind of your third string. I think he's a guy who got a limited amount of carries last year, but I think he looks to be in line for that third string. I think you'll see him get some carries. You got Anquan Willis, 
and Jamari Davis, who are freshmen, who you're probably not going to get to see a whole lot of unless injuries, uh, but but guys that kind of know by name. Last year, Taj Brooks was your leading rusher. He had 691 yards on the ground on 147 carries and seven touchdowns. It was uh, really a split backfield with him and Sir Roderick, which we knew going into the season. Uh, I think Taj Brooks is really going to lead the backfield, kind of dominate the carries this season. But Cameron Valdez is kind of a spark plug guy who is a little bit of a change of pace type running back uh, for you. So I'll be interested to see how Cameron Valdez is used this year. Uh, Does he get more carry because of that explosiveness? Last year, he only had 18 carries, but he averaged 9.4 yards per carry. Yeah. Um, which is a pretty solid number. Um, he got honestly. it. He got shot out of a cannon. Yeah. I think it was the Ole Miss game where he just took one straight up the middle, and he was just looking at the back of the end zone and got tripped up at the like five-yard line. Yeah. But he was He's, out of there in a heartbeat. He's got that breakaway speed, and he looks like a guy who's going to get a lot of run in this offense. Yeah. We, know, um, we know from Kitley's <laughs> offense last year that – he is going to use the running backs if he has good ones, and I think these are two pretty good ones. Obviously, we're familiar with what Taj Brooks has done in his career. I'm, you know, am curious to see how he, uh, how he goes as the you know number one guy, and not really a, a guy like Sir Roderick Thompson to battle carries with him. Like, will right. he really just dominate the carries this year? Will he be ran a lot, or will we um, use him in certain situations and Cameron Valdez in certain situations? Also, Taj is a pretty good receiver. He had a few receiving yeah, touchdowns definitely. last year. We used him in the passing game quite often. And so um, I'll be curious to see how the other running backs are are used, if they're used in the passing game more. Uh, we didn't really get to see Cameron Valdez in any passing situations, really. Uh, he was just kind of used as a runner. So we'll be we'll be curious to see how he does in those situations. Uh, uh, you remember in the Cliff offense, we always had like, uh, DeAndre Washington, who was like your runner, but then you had Justin Stockton, who was like this dude yeah. who could, who we love to dump passes off to and see him take it to the house. And Cameron Valdez has that speed that you can just see him catching a little swing pass on the outside, turning yeah. it up with the blockers, and just boom, house call. So, uh, a very interesting group. Uh, I will say, I think on the offensive side, this is probably your. Kind of like the linebackers we talked about last week, this might be your least experienced group right now. Yeah. Uh, Taj Brooks, of course, being the the vet of this group and does have a lot of experience, but you really don't have anything beyond that. You know, you've you've seen spurts from Cameron Valdez, haven't seen much from Bryson Donnell, and of course those young guys. So there's really not a whole lot of expect like of you know expectations for these guys other than. Uh, what you're going to have to see this season. So I'm curious how they will handle the more workload and if these guys will step up and, and help Taj Brooks in that backfield or if it'll just be like a Taj Brooks show this season. So, uh, Dustin, your thoughts on uh, this running back group for the upcoming season? Yeah, Brooks is a, a great all-around running back. He might not get the shine in the Big 12 mm-hmm. or nationally right now, but that's because he's been splitting times with Strogic for so long. Now it's Brooks' time. And we'll yep. see what he can do. And I'm, I think that's a great comparison that you have with the linebacking group that we talked about last week. And to go with that, they're also supported by so many other good groups around them. Right. Yeah. With these receivers and, and Chuck and this big offensive line. 
that I don't think it's pressure on them really. I think they're just going to benefit from, oh, we got to cover all these speedy and tall receivers. Oh, we also got to worry about how jacked up this line is. And so like, they're just going to slide right in and be the yeah. beneficiaries of all, all the other talent we have around them. Yeah, I can see this being a really good season for Taj. I'm really excited for him to kind of get the lead the way here. I've always thought he's a really good running back that runs hard. And like you said, if the defenses are so focused on the receivers and, Uh you know, Shuck's ability to run, you know, he's another guy you can throw in there on the running back position, especially after we watch the Ole Miss game. Uh, We'll get into him a little bit later, but. Um, yeah, their focus is going to be on so many places. And if this offensive line is as good as we think it can be, then he's going to have a lot of holes to run through. Uh, he's going to uh, be able to, to put up a lot of yards this season. And so um, that brings us to our first offensive prediction for this All season. Right. Dustin, player-related Taj Brooks. As I mentioned last year, he had 691 yards, so close to 700. We have not had a thousand yard rusher since DeAndre Washington did it. Mm. I'm not going to go that far on the over under just because I think a lot of these guys are going to get some run. I think you're going to see a lot from Cameron Valdez, uh, especially this year. So I don't think it'll go quite to a thousand, but uh, we're going to set the over under at 800 rushing yards for Taj Brooks this season. Which way are you going? Just got to remember Shuck runs quite a bit too. Um, (laughs) So he takes some, some yards away. I'll still take the over here. Just because, like you said, almost 700 last year. Um, and I think he just has much more of a role this year yeah. than last year. Um, being more of a bell cow type running back. But like I mentioned, I think he just benefits from a great offensive line making holes for him. And then defense is worrying about all these other weapons we have and trying to go small that we have bigger holes for him to run through and more space for him. And so I think, I don't know about a thousand but I'll take the over on the 800. Yeah, I'm going to ride with you on that as well. I'm not sure about the 1,000, but that's kind of why I thought 800 was a good number there. Um, I think he's going to get a lot more carries the way this coaching staff has been talking about him this offseason. It seems like they're uh, ready to put the workload on him. So I am curious to see what that will look like, what his share of carries will look like each game. I know last season we were – calling for the team to run the ball more <laughs> run the damn ball they just couldn't um, with that o-line <laughs> and, and so like you know it, it remains to be seen if we'll actually do that but i, I think he'll, he's going to have a stellar season this year uh which will be perfect for him is probably what will be his final season as a red raider i don't yeah. know if he still has a covid year that he can I, use or not um, we're getting to the point where you kind of forget about that yeah and so um <laughs> But yeah, love Taj Brooks, and I think he goes for over 100 yards. Would be fun to see him get a thousand. Uh, would be would be a fun if he was able yeah. to accomplish that. So we'll see how that goes. But that is your running back room for this upcoming season. Uh, let's go on to some guys who will be catching passes and maybe helping spring Taj Brooks in that running game free a little bit. And that's your tight ends, uh, which Dustin's got. So let's go. Uh, learn about this tight end room that is yeah. pretty much the same. <laughs> back to big, back to the big boys. The tight end room is the same this year. No departures. We bring everybody back, <clears throat> and that is Mason Tharp at six nine two seventy, Baylor big Cup boy. at six six two sixty, and Henry Teeter at six four two fifty. A lot, a lot of size and length on that on that tight end group 
we were yeah. really excited about them last year and the possibilities that they could have. And then, you know, with all the offensive line shuffle around, we had to hold them back to help try to protect a little more. They didn't get they didn't get unleashed quite a bit. I mean, Tharp had twelve for a hundred and two touchdowns on the year. Cup had twelve for one thirty-two and two on the year, and yeah. Teeter was six for sixty-one and one. Totally, they had thirty for two ninety-three and five. So we are not big. <laughs> definitely expecting more from them, and that's because they were kind of hand- handcuffed with the offensive line last year, yeah. being a sixth or seventh offensive lineman at times to help these guys out. But you could see. Both of Mason and Baylor on the field a lot at the same time. Even Henry in there sometimes. I know Mason was getting a ton, a ton of reps, you know, for screen passes and whatnot towards the end of the year. He was getting way, way more. And I've heard the tight end coach and Coach McGuire, like, they've raved about Mason Tharp this offseason. In spring and the summer, he's put on pounds. His skill level is just going up and up and up. And McGuire so, said he has he's had the best camp of everybody. Like that's, yeah, what that, that's incredible with how much McGuire talks good about so many yeah. dudes. And you know, we we got him two years ago and we we're like, oh man, six nine. And he just put on muscle and he's skillful. And so and we know Baylor Cup was number one tied in a handful of years ago yeah. when he went to AM and then transferred here. So you have a very skillful group that's just I think ready to be unleashed. After last year, I think they were probably frustrated that, man, we just, you know, we just got to put our hand in the dirt and just help. And and maybe this year they get to benefit by actually going out, catching passes, doing what we were hoping for last year and creating terrible mismatches for teams. So yeah. I, hope, I hope for a lot more this year from those guys. Yeah, it was one of the disappointing things I think of last season was just kind of the underutilization of these guys. But like you mentioned, they, we, yeah, we kind of needed to utilize them elsewhere. And so yeah. ultimately that ends up in 30 receptions for a tight end group that we were hyping up last season. And those are, you know, not great numbers. But like you said, I think this is their second season here all together under Kitley's offense. I think they're going to have way more opportunities because your offensive line is going to be more sturdy. But also, I think like I, w- I went back and I, w- I was rewatching the Texas game from earlier, you know, last year where Donovan Smith is your quarterback. And he was just missing Mason Tharp. He's throwing jump balls to Mason Tharp and he's throwing under throwing it, uh, throwing yeah, it don't too high throw for a six foot nine. nine. Guy. It's just like if you do miss, you better miss over his head because no one else is catching it. It's like the dude, the dude couldn't catch a break. Like our quarterbacks just couldn't get him the yeah. ball for some reason. They put it in the worst locations, and you're like, "This guy's six foot nine. Throw it up. Let him go get it." <laughs> yeah. Um. And, and Baylor Cup, I thought was a really good blocker last year. There was definitely a few games where you could, you know, he helps bring some touchdown yeah, runs just totally. from his aggressiveness. And so, uh, I definitely hope that they get more utilization in the pass game this year. I hope for a big season for the both of them. Like they're just. Me too. Me they're, too. They're just such huge mismatches for Mason Tharp should be the biggest mismatch in all of college football, a six foot nine, 270 tight end that, that should be ridiculous numbers. And so I hope that we get to use these guys and and let them, let them cook, man. Let, let Let them cook. Let the tight ends cook. Um, Reward the guys for putting in good, good work this season. And so, 
uh, yeah, I'm excited for this group this year. I think maybe we were a little too excited for it last year, and I think this is the year it comes to fruition and that we get to see these guys really, really do their thing. Um, Our over-under questions for the tight end position this year. Dustin, you mentioned they had 30 catches. 30. 30 catches between the three. (laughs) There is – York, uh, uh, what's what's his name? The fourth, Jaden York, Jaden York. Um, so there's four guys. I don't know how much run Jaden is going to yeah. get with the uh, the other three vets on this roster, but I'm going to set the over under at 50 receptions hey. for the tight end position this season, Dustin. That's 20 more than last season. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> almost what, doubled that, up. <laughs> almost doubled up. But but let I, what do you think? I got to take the over here. I mean, I just hyped yeah. them up that they're going to get more run. We said they're going to let get get to cook more. We've been hyping up the O-line. So, I think they get unleashed this year. They take over 50 receptions. So, give me that. Give me the over unleashing tight ends this year. Yeah, give me the over, too. Uh, I know we made multiple predictions during the season last year, like calling that for the tight end usage, not getting it. I think this year we're going to be rewarded. They just wanted to keep us patient. They just wanted to to keep us patient uh, for these guys. I'm going to go with you over 50 receptions for the tight ends this season. I hope some big things for Tharp and Cup this year. I really do. Um, will be cool to get to see them used. Well, let's move on to the other pass catching group, the wide receivers for this upcoming season, a group that I am very, very excited about. Uh, bring back basically a whole bunch from last year, and then you get an addition. You do lose Trey Cleveland, who me and Dustin were pretty big fans of last year, yeah. had some big plays for you. Uh, he has transferred out. I think he ended up at North Texas, but uh, your key addition on the wide receiver side is Dre McCray joins the yeah. receiving core as he was uh, a dominant uh, receiver at Austin P. Your depth chart for this upcoming season at the X position, uh, one of the outside receivers, uh, Loic Fungi and Jordan Brown uh, will man that spot. The Z position, which is the other outside receiver, is Duran Bradley and JJ Sparkman. Uh, your H position, which will be uh, one of the, some of the slot receivers, Dre McRae and Brady Boyd. And your Y position will be Miles Price and Xavier White and then Nehemiah Martinez as well. Some of the other receivers that you can kind of keep an eye out for. Uh, I know right now he's injured, Koi Eakin. Uh, he's been getting a lot of love. Uh, last two off seasons, he's got a lot of love, but he just can't remain healthy for some reason. So hopefully he gets healthy and you get some use out of him. And then you have a bunch of young guys who will yeah. maybe trying to get some, uh, some time this season. That's Tyler King, TJ West, DJ Crest, Aiden Meeks, Kelby Valson. And then, uh, two guys who are in the group. I don't know how much run they'll get. You got Drew Hocutt, of course, and Hayden mm-hmm. Wigington, uh, in that group as well. So. Uh, let's go back to last year and talk about these receivers. Duran Bradley, your leading receiver for last year, 51 receptions, 744 yards, and six touchdowns. I went and looked back at his last two games because it was like the first two games that I felt like Tyler Shuck was really in control of the offense. And in those two games, he connected with Duran Bradley for 16 times for 261 yards and two touchdowns in that Oklahoma and Ole Miss game. That was kind of something wow. I just remember him getting a lot of looks from from Shuck. Uh, and one of the reasons I'm super high on Jaran Bradley this year, he, of course, received preseason uh, All-American honors. Um, 
And, and I just think he's about to be unleashed this year. Last year was his first full season in college, uh, getting lots of reps. I think he's going to build on that. He's going to be a weapon when you watch him take on DBs. He's just, man, he, he, He's so good. He's fast. He, he's got those long strides yes. that you can get by people really easily. He's got great hands. Uh, I think he's going to be really fun to watch. What are your thoughts on Jaron Bradley and just kind of how you expect this season to go for him? Yeah, looking at that depth chart you just described, this reminds me again of a, a Mike Leach type offense. You got two long athletic type guys on the ends, yeah, Jaron and Loic, that also have experience too. Like we're – I feel like we've been piecing together this wide receiver room for so many, yeah. so many years. And freshmen have had to play a lot over the years and years and years. Um, so it's good to see names we're familiar with and veterans on this group. And so I think Jaron's definitely a guy that can meet the expectations that are pretty high for him this year. And I think that partly is because of the group that's around him. I mean, yeah. I know I've talked about everybody else the same way, but man, this receiving room is loaded. Like, yeah, let's, we're too let's deep, going. too deep, yeah. really good everywhere. Like, go, go into yeah. these inside guys now. Well, uh, yeah, the other guy on the outside, Loke Fungi, last year, 34 receptions, 451 yeah. yards, and three touchdowns. He, of course, had some injury issues in the yeah. middle of the season, or I think those numbers would have been a lot better. He ended the season with seven receptions, 100 yards uh, in the Ole Miss game. So he's a guy that you're going to look to a lot. Both, like you said, big dudes on the outside. They can go win jump balls. They can outrun corners. They can yep. make plays in in the middle of the field. Uh, so you're going to get a lot of use of those guys. And then your slot position is really just filled with filled with dudes that you know, have, have been here for been here for years. Last year you were led in the slot by Xavier White. Kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, when Miles Price got hurt and put up some big games for you. He ends up with 45 receptions, 572 yards, and three touchdowns last year. Of course, Miles Price is back, and he was the guy that we thought was going to lead this room last year. I think he, he fell short of some of the expectations, but we had some lofty, lofty expectations for him. But he's still great for you. He had 51 receptions, 513 yards, two touchdowns last year. Uh, was a guy who also experienced some injuries, missed some games, and so that's kind of why some of those numbers weren't great. But he also had that game against Texas where he had like 14 receptions and was right. just out there making huge catches for you. Um, Nehemiah Martinez was another guy. I don't have his stats out here, but he was another guy who uh, was you know good for you in the slot, didn't get as oh, yeah. much run because of the two guys I just mentioned. But then you bring in, and this is the, the guy that, I think will be the biggest X factor is Dre McCray, who comes in after having 75 receptions for 1,021 yards and nine touchdowns for Austin P last year. Those are ridiculous numbers. Yes, (laughs) it's not power five football, but anybody who puts up a thousand yards in college football, like you're doing work. And he was obviously giving the ball a lot and made a lot of plays and just a really fun dude to watch. And also just a fantastic name for a slot receiver. Yeah. So I like it. Um, so, yeah, that, that slot position, Dustin, what do you think and uh, how excited are you to see these guys out there this year? Ooh, man, that's a lot of speed and athleticism and agility. Dre McCray and Xavier Nehemiah and Miles Price, like, oh, my God. Oh, they're going to be running over the middle and gone in 60 seconds so fast. Yeah. Like, it's, it's incredible, like <clears> – <throat> 
I think that addition of Dre McCray and everybody wanted him so bad. He's such a speedster. Everybody says, I mean, we haven't got to see it yet, but we'll get to see it Saturday. Um, literally adding that like fourth guy that can be a dude. Like we have four dudes, hell, maybe even five dudes on that receiving group. That could be a leading receiver and make a top 10 play at any moment. You know? Yeah, and I... so you're not running three deep like you have before or even two deep if you were injured. Um, and so adding that fourth guy, like you were very deep. I'm very excited to see what he can do and how he can be incorporated in the offense and how we can use like him and miles at the same time or him and Xavier at the same time. Like good luck trying to guard all that. (laughs) It's kind of like, like, you know, small ball basketball. Like I wonder if we have some like small ball lineups where we're just going to put in miles price, Dre McCray, Xavier White, Nehemiah, and just be like, all right, we're just going to be faster than you here and and see if we can get these guys open. There's some interesting things you can do uh, with this group at receiver. You can also go super big and go Loic and Durant and then your tight ends and just be way bigger than the other side. So I'm really curious how these guys are going to be used. Of course, you know, we didn't even mention some guys like Jordan Brown, J.J. Sparkman, Brady Boyd, guys who were on the team last year. Didn't get a whole lot of targets, but – you know, another year in the system and, and they're out to try to prove something too. And so um, you're obviously going to have to spell Loic and Duran and Dre and, and Miles Price and some of these guys every now and then. And so which one of these guys kind of in that uh, second position of the wide receiver group is going to step up and start making some plays? Because like you saw it last year, Trey Cleveland kind of did that. He was behind Loic and, and Duran. but he started making some plays to where they had to play him right. and he had to go, you know, he had, couldn't be left off the field because he was making big catches for you. Can JJ Sparkman do that? He's been a guy who's had a few plays over his career. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jordan Brown, a guy from Kansas who's been battling, hasn't got a whole lot of run, but you know he's going to be important for you in the kick return game. So we'll see what he does there. But is he able to make a name for himself as a receiver? And of course, Brady Boyd, who had a few important catches last year, but still a guy who um you know i think you can trust out there so a really interesting group a really fun group i think like this is probably the best receiving group we've had in a while and which brings us to our wide receiver uh prediction for this year we haven't had a thousand yard receiver we didn't have one last year i think everybody thought miles price was going to be that guy Uh, he did not we did not have a receiver reach that mark uh but dustin i think if there is a guy on this team that's going to make that thousand yard leap i think it's got to be duran bradley this year and so my prediction is that duran bradley will surpass 1000 yards be a 1000 yard receiver for you dustin uh, do you agree with that or do you have another receiver that you think reaches that threshold for the red raiders this year uh don't hate me here people but i don't think any of them get to that thousand mark just because we have so many good dudes yeah you're gonna spread it around a lot you have Loic, Dre, Taj, Miles Price, Jam Bradley, two or three tight ends. Like, you got so many dudes you can spread the ball around to and a great offensive coordinator to do it. And a guy like Tyler Shuck who's not, like, zoned in on one guy at all times and spreads the ball around really well. I just don't think over the course of the season that Jaron or Miles gets – so many looks and so many yards every every game to add up to a thousand but i think a lot of these guys have really good seasons for you and i think they just help each other out so well 
Yeah, I think it's not a bad thing to have. Like, if you don't have a guy reach the thousand yards, that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world because you might have a lot of dudes at 800, 700, yeah. and that's not a bad that's thing. What I'm but thinking. I think Jaron's just so good. Like, just, I, you know, I was going back and watching the OU game and just how good he was uh, and, and how much Shuck relied on him in some situations. Now you're going to have a lot, a lot of guys that I think Shuck's going to be comfortable with, but. Uh, I really see big things for Duran Bradley, and and a lot of it is just like I've I've put a lot of stock in him, and I just want him I to so, to reach that thousand yard, and and I think if he reaches that thousand yard threshold, I think great things are going to come for the Red Raiders. I so, agree. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm going with Duran Bradley as a thousand yard receiver. I think he can do it. I think there's a couple other guys that I wouldn't be shocked if they ended up with a thousand yards either. It just kind of sometimes the season gets going, you're like, okay, this is the guy this year. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, a lot of guys on that receiving list that, uh, look to be the part and look to make up a great offense for this team. The last position that we have yet to cover is of course the head man, the quarterback. And that of course is going to be led by Tyler Shuck with Baron Morton backing him up. Of course, Donovan Smith was a part of the, uh, quarterback room. One of the three guys who got a start last year, he is now off to Houston. So that's the only Really big departure, but other than that, it's the Tyler Shuck show this year. So, Dustin, last year, Shuck was passed for 13,000 yards or 1,300 yards. Sorry. Nice. Hit an accidental zero. That would have been crazy. He should have been a Heisman with that number. Uh, 1,300 yards on 106 completions. He played in a total of seven games. Uh, of course, he came in at the end of TCU. <clears throat> I think he was out there for a little bit against Baylor. Yeah. Um, some of those games, you know, he didn't start. He ends up with seven passing touchdowns to four interceptions last year. Uh, he also had 269 yards rushing and four touchdowns on the ground. So that was good for, um, you know, pretty decent yardage for him. Uh, one of the key things that I kind of wanted to hone in on was the last four games of the season for him. Those were the four games that it was really kind of his oh, offense. Yeah. He averaged 266 passing yards in the final four games of the season as a starter. Uh, and then in the Ole Miss game, he was 242 passing yards and 111 rushing yards for three total touchdowns, which was by far his most healthy game of yep. his Texas Tech career. So those are some interesting <laughs> things I just kind of will look out. How do you feel about Tyler Shuck and what is year three at Texas Tech, but yet to see a full season from Tyler Shuck? Yeah, we've been talking him up for years now, and it's just like, come on, fingers are crossed. Stay up, stay healthy, and we're just hoping for the best because we've seen what how good he is when he starts yeah. and finishes a game. Like what? He's we're eight and one with him, something like that. He's like seven and one or <laughs> seven eight and, and one. one. The only game he lost was the Texas one. He got hurt, and, but I mean, and so like he's really good. We've seen so many good things from him when he can stay upright. So that's that's just the hope, man. And he's a great leader. Can throw the ball really well. If we can avoid the silly turnovers that he came about every now and then last year. Yeah. Uh, the untimely interception for a pick six um, and the health. I think, I think his ceiling is very, very high, especially with the pieces around him. This is one of the best groups of teams and like offenses we've seen in a long, long, long time. Yeah. And so I have, I have a lot of faith in him, man. I really do. 
Yeah, I have a lot of faith in him too. And like you said, like this offense is built for him to yeah. succeed. Like you have weapons, you have great wide receiver rep weapons. You have massive dudes at tight end that should be mismatches for you. You have great potential with this running back room, and you have a veteran back there in Taj Brooks who who you can trust. So uh, everything is cut out for him. You got a better yeah. offensive line. Can you just stay healthy? Can you just stay healthy? Because I mean, if he does what he did in that Ole Miss game, like he's going to put up some huge yeah. numbers this year. Uh, I mean, I think the most impressive part of that Ole Miss game was just how physical he was running. I remember being scared. Like every time he got hit, like he was going to be hurt, <laughs> but he was getting right back up and doing it again. Like that's the Tyler Shuck that I think we were all told about and, mm -hmm. and you finally got to see a glimpse of that and when it worked i mean we were we dominated that all miss game and if he plays like that you're going to be really good this season um but can he stay healthy can he make it through the first like part of the season healthy that's that's going to be the key for me and and if he's healthy i expect really big things for him yeah Any i do too man taller shuck tidbits no getting his backup because I, I like him a yeah. lot too yeah so last year one of the topics was we were comfortable with this quarterback room because we had three quarterbacks yeah. that we thought could start and win games and that was proven each one of them started and won a game um but this year one of those quarterbacks is out and now it's baron morton who's the backup for shuck if anything does happen to Shuck, he will be the guy who we will turn to to get the job done and i don't think expectations drop once Baron Morton comes in, and that is a luxury to have, is to have a guy who's backing up your starter who you think you're just as capable of going 9-3, 10-2 uh, as your starter. And so Morton last year passed for 1,117 yards on 96 completions. He passed for seven touchdowns through six interceptions. Uh, he also did a little work on the ground with two touchdowns and uh, totaling almost 80 yards on the ground. So uh, some, you know, decent numbers for him. He came in and kind of played for you there in the middle of the season, started versus Oklahoma state, started versus Baylor, started versus TCU, got hurt in the TCU game. And then that was kind of the last yeah. that you saw of him, except for some, uh, gimmick plays in the bowl game. Um, but yeah, your thoughts on Baron and what he provides to not only Tyler Shuck in this competition, but as a guy who you can rely on if, if Shuck gets hurt. Well, yeah. First thing there, like. I think Barron is learning behind a really good quarterback who's been around for a while and in a couple of different offenses. And yeah. I also like that he got experience last year. He was a true freshman last year, but and now he knows how to how to stay and be ready because Chuck can go down at any moment. I mean, we mm -hmm. cycled through all three dudes last year. Barron had to be ready like two different, three different times, and then got a couple starts, like you said. But yeah, he we can we saw the the potential of him last year and whoa, it's, yeah. it's all the hype there is because he's a gunslinger. He could, we noticed he could handle the offense fairly decent. Right. Yeah. And I don't know how much they had to rein him back a little bit if he didn't know things, but I would expect that. Like you just said, I don't think if Tyler shut goes down that the playbook changes, the personnel changes. I don't think you skip a B and I don't think it looks any different either. If you have number yeah. two out there or number 12, and that's a great spot to be in. And now you just, Baron gets to learn more, maybe spot start here and there. And then he knows that next year it's his show. And so I'm, yeah, I'm really excited for him. Very comfortable with the group way more than I even was last year. Cause now you don't have to change it up. 
you don't have a third guy that's different and also kind of good too, just like the other one. So like, I think you can put them in and roll. We're going as fast as we can. Let's go. Yeah. uh, Yeah. It's always nice to have a guy that you're comfortable with in that backup spot. And like you said, I, you know, I just have a lot of uh, kudos to him for sticking around, you know, and and he could have gone and sought out a starting opportunity. He would have been coveted, but He's like, you know what? I'll stay here. I'll play another year. If uh, Shuck gets hurt and y'all need me, I'll be the backup. And then, it, you know, he'll be rewarded, hopefully, for his loyalty next year, I getting the starting so. job. And so, uh, ultimately, I, I, I'm excited to see. You know, I think there will be some games where he'll get to to come in and throw a little bit. You know, hopefully you dominate Wyoming and maybe he gets to come in and play the fourth quarter. Tarleton should be pretty much a game where he gets to play a whole half or so. Um, and then of course, if Shuck gets hurt, he, he, he'll be ready to go. And you don't, like you said, you don't have to change this offense. Cause now this is the second year with, with this offense, he'll be just as ready to go, uh, as Shuck will be. And so it's nice to have that luxury just in case. Cause it's been, I think since 2017, since we've had, uh, uh, a, a quarterback, not get injured, a quarterback oh. start every single game. Um, and so, yeah, that, that luck needs to end this season praying for so. that. Um, our quarterback question, Tyler Shuck, pass yards, Dustin, over, under 3,500 yards this season for Tyler Shuck in the air. Give me the over. I've talked so much. I like the offense so, so much. So many freaking weapons. When we get some health out of him with that O-line, he's going over 3,500, man. Yeah, the only – Tricky part of this one is like, does he stay healthy the whole entire season? Does he get to play every game? I think if he gets to play every game, he is going to go well past this. Um, You know, he did only pass for 266 yards was his average in those last four games. So let's see, 266 by 12 is just over 3,000 yards. But you saw in that Oklahoma game, he threw for all 400 yards. So I think yeah. it'll kind of go game by game because there's going to be games we're going to want to maybe run him more. Um, there's going to be games where we're going to want to throw the ball more. Uh, but I do think he reaches that 3,500-yard threshold. I think he could also put up quite a bit of numbers on the ground as well this yeah. year if it uh, looks like you know Kitley wants to use his versatility there. So we'll be interested to see what kind of numbers he puts up this season. And if he's able to do – both air and ground, you know, Heisman, Heisman hey. possibility just to have his name in the conversation at some point. You're going to take down Bo Nix's picture and put up Tyler Shuck's picture in Times Square. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, hoping for big things for Tyler Shuck and this offense this year. Last year's offense put up 34.24 points per game. Dustin, do you expect this offense, uh, what, what would you expect them to be around this year if you had to put a number on it? Oh, I didn't look into that, but I expect more. I wanted to see like where, you know, top 20 type offenses were, like 38 maybe. Yeah. It's just kind of where my head's going to. I think uh, TCU was at like 39 last year is kind of what I remember okay. uh, when I kind of doing some research on on them. I think they were at 39 points per game. Yeah, so, I mean, I expect more. I mean, I've talked up so many good things about every part of this offense that I think it goes over. And, like we mentioned, you've had – you got your – off, blah, blah, blah. You had your offensive coordinator back 
for another yeah. year and we like him so much and so like shucks has an offense coordinator that's back all a lot of these guys were there last year too so i think we can go faster we can go better we can mix it up more i expect more one of the other keys is the third down production i think you're gonna see that get better i was <laughs> i was looking uh at some stats and i think we were like 37 percent on third downs last year but yeah, which we were like sixty four percent a lot. Yeah, we were sixty four percent on fourth down, which I would prefer to be like more on the sixty percent in on third down, um, and not really have to deal with so many third yeah. uh, fourth down uh, going for it. You know, that's what we're gonna do if the analytics say go for it. Joey's gonna go for you it. Bet. He has done that all last year. I expect the same this season. But yeah, if you can improve on that third down, uh, third down percentage think good things are going to come for you this year. And that scoring percentage, 34 points per game last year is going to increase. I'm going to put it around like 37, 38. That's kind of what I Yeah, I mean, 38 will get group. you in the top like 12-ish. I mean, 36 and up gets you in like top 20. So I can see I can see it around 37, 38 and being close to that top yeah. 15, top, top 10-ish. I- yeah, I think that's what you hired Kitley for is yeah. the, you want to have a top 20, uh, top 10 offense in the country, and you have the weapons to do that. And now can you – you know, we ran a lot of plays last year. That was one of the things. It was like you were having drives of like 14, 15 Yeah, you plays. ran the most plays I think for you're sure. Gonna, I think you're going to cut down on the plays because I think you're going to be able to score on some bigger, bigger plays, and you're going to be able to, you know, score from 40, 50, 60 yards out a little more often than having to go the length of the field uh, several drives. So um, – but excited for this offense. I really expect big things from them this season, from Kit League, Shuck, and all the guys that we just covered. Um, that Any other little offensive tidbits you wanted to get into before we get to our official 2023 record Yeah, let's get into the record and first game. Yeah, we got a few more things to cover, so let's move on over to our season predictions. Dustin, um, you know, we've gone over our best case, worst case scenarios. Yeah. Where does Dustin fall on Texas Tech record? What are the games that you might see as losses and stuff like that? Take us through what you got here. Yeah, I just can't get myself away from going big. And I'm going yeah. 10 and 2, man. I'm really right. feeling it. I like so much of our depth and players and experience and seniors coaches i think 10 and 2 is very doable this year i think you slip up maybe either oregon or texas not both of them yeah and then you miss like a kansas state or a baylor one of those tough road games kind of mid late big 12 season there yeah and so that's what i'm feeling man still 10 and 2 hopefully should get you in the big 12 championship game in arlington by the end of the year. Yeah. 10 and two is uh, what I went with last night on the taco and Tech football preview. Um, I thought I might be on the high end, but I was not uh, El Jefe had us 11 and one. Wow. And so we, we predicted as a group 11 and one for the red Raiders. Um, uh, both me and Steven had us at 10 and two this uh, on this side, I'm going to go a little bit more practical. Um, what I went into my plan last night for that show was to do our uh, best case scenario uh, prediction while we went through. 
Uh, I'm going to have us nine and three. I, I think like I keep wanting to go 10 and two. I keep looking at the schedule and I keep seeing 11 and one, tough, but I know yeah. Texas tech and it's hard for me to just give my heart over to them and go from like a team that hasn't won more than eight games since 2008 <laughs> to just winning 10 uh, games all of a sudden. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. And I, like I, I still believe it can happen. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, yeah, I, I think the schedule's pretty favorable. Your road games are aren't terrible. Like, you can see winning all of the games, even the Texas game. But ultimately, I think like there's going to be a game that we're going to drop that we're not going to expect. Yep. And I think there's, you know, Texas. I will say last night the the Stephen and and El Jefe mm-hmm. were very very confident in us beating Texas there, which I'm just like. I don't. I, I don't know if I can go that far. Um, I want to beat them so bad, but I, know. Yeah, I, I, I think too. I've got us. I, that that four game stretch in the middle of the season is tough for me. That there, Baylor, Kansas State, BYU, and TCU. I think yeah. you might go two and two in that stretch yeah. right there. Um, I'm not sure which ones, but that's a tough stretch. And then I think you lose to Texas. So uh, I'm going to go nine, nine and three. But hey, nine and three. It's a real good would season be a very for you. Fantastic. Would, would be a fantastic season. Yeah. It would be a lot of fun, a lot of good memories. I still got us beating Oregon. That's going to be my big, bold game that I think we're going to win is I, I think we got the Oregon game. But so a nine and three prediction for me on our record with losses in the middle of the season to, uh, you know, I think we split the Baylor, Kansas State, BYU, and TCU games, go two and yeah. two in that stretch, uh, and then lose to Texas. Dustin's got us 10 and two. With a loss to what either Oregon or Texas, and then what Kansas State in the Kansas State or Baylor. I'm feeling the Kansas State more like that though. Yeah, Kansas State for me is kind of one of those games that are just it's a team that we can't beat. Um, Not sure if this year we'll be able to correct that. That would be awesome though. I would I would take that in a heartbeat. So those are our official record predictions. Dustin again, ten and two for the Red Raiders making a Big Twelve championship appearance. I got us going nine and three. I think we might just fall just short of it, but we'll be right in the mix to the very end. And now it's time for our first game of the season. Yes. Texas Tech and Wyoming set to kick off on Saturday at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS. First game of the season. Dustin, just your thoughts overall on, on this game before we, I get into a little bit of what we talked about in um, our you know preseason coverage of Wyoming. Yeah, I'm just really excited about this, and we came off a good end of the year last year, great bowl game, and then, you know, Joey McGuire's just been hyping this team up all offseason, getting the people excited and ready and talking us up how good we are. So now I just want to see it. I want to see how much bigger yeah. we are. That was one of the things we went through the offseason and how much this experience and all these skill guys really, really pan out, just – Ready to see see us play football on Saturday. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun to hear coaches talk about the the defense and the offense and how high they are on this team and that they think this team could beat last year's team by by quite a bit. Um, but you know that's all hearsay until you actually sure, see them put right. the pads on and go out there on a Saturday and get it done. And so this is your first chance to do that. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm excited, like all of Red Raider Nation is, to see the first what this team looks like on the first Saturday of the season. How well and how polished do they come out looking? How clean of a game do we play? Are we able to to, to not turn the ball over? Are we able to play mistake-free football? Are we able to 
make the other team, you know, turn the ball over and and have some success on the defensive side? How does your offensive line hold up? How's your defensive line do? So just a lot of these things that we've talked about and, and, and a lot of things that the coaching staff has been hyping up. I'm, I'm excited to see how these guys, um, uh, do on Saturday and their first test. Of course, Wyoming, uh, a team that was was seven and five last year. We we did our preseason, you know, uh, di- deep dives of each team earlier. Names to kind of be aware of for Saturday: Andrew Peasley, the starting quarterback for uh, Wyoming. He's a guy who's not a great passer. Um, this is going to be an offense that's going to want to run the <laughs> yeah. football. Um, their running backs you're probably going to see a lot of. That's Jamari Farrell and DQ James at the top two spots. Their main running back that I talked about, his name's not on their depth chart right now because he's hurt and he will miss the first game. Yes, uh, so point. that is some uh, big news there uh, that's going to kind of hurt them. But um, So th- that's how they're going to want to attack you. They're going to want to control the ball. They're not a fast-paced offense. They're going to want to control the time of possession run the football, try to beat you in the trenches. And so that's why I think this is a great first test for this defense to see how they hold up against the run because that was kind of one of the weaknesses last year is giving up big, big plays on the ground. And so how are you able to combat this, um, this kind of rushing attack that you're going to try to throw at you Uh, defensively? I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of like what you expect from, from a team like Wyoming. Like they're nothing uh, that they're, really throwing at you that's going to be too crazy so i expect that this offense should be able to come out and, and have its kind of way with this defense be able to put up points early and often and really make this defense you know have to work and then make their offense have to throw the ball to keep them in the game any other uh, wyoming things that you wanted to, to touch on here or anything that you remember from the uh preseason preview of them yeah i just remember talking in the preview it's going to come down to both both lines in this game they're going to try to run the ball yeah. and slow it down on us. And how how well can we hold them on that front line? And then how well can our – how good does our offensive line look, you know, that we yeah. just hyped up and talked about for a lot of the year and, and just now earlier this episode. So that's really what I'm looking at this this game is, is both O and D lines. Yep, same for me. And then also can Tyler Shuck – you know, what does Tyler Shuck look like in this first game? Is he able to uh, kind of do what he did against Ole Miss, run the ball well, throw the ball well, limit the turnovers, play mistake-free football? A lot of things I'm watching. This defense I don't think is going to to give you too difficult a problem. I don't so either. <laughs> I think it might be a little bit of an alarming thing if your offense comes out and struggles, uh, but I don't expect that to happen. Any other little thoughts on this game before we go ahead and get into our first predictions for this season. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go ahead and do it. Wyoming, not too, not too deep enough of, of an opponent. We uh, expect to go out there, win this game on Saturday, and Dustin, the final score that you have predicted for the first game of the season is? I'm going big here, just like I did with my 10-2 prediction. I'm going to win 49-17. to putting up a lot of points and a great defensive effort as well. All right. I'm pretty close to you there. I got 45 to 20, a Texas tech win. Um, I think both of those scores would be pretty comfortable wins. That's what I expect is to go out there, uh, control this game from start to finish, not really have to sweat too much 
um, and, and kind of cruise to the finish line of this one. And, and yeah. if you're able to hold Wyoming to under 21, that's about what they averaged last year in points. So um, I think that'd be a good start for this defense. Uh, offensively, we like to do an offensive and a defensive prediction for each game. Dustin, your first offensive prediction for the season. I'm going to ride ride on Shuck here and go with Shuck. Five passing touchdowns in this one. All right. Lighten it up. Five passing touchdowns for Shuck in the first game of the season. Uh, I'm going to ride the guy that I was talking a lot about in the wide receiver position. That's Jaran Bradley. I think he has a big start to the season. I'm going to say he goes for over 125 yards to start the season and finds himself in the red zone at least once. Uh, we did realize, you know, last year when you're making some of these predictions, you know, sometimes going too aggressive yeah. <laughs> can hurt your prediction. Sure. It's, so, it's a lot uh, more fun, though. So, yeah, it is a lot more fun, uh, but I think he has over 125 yards with a touchdown, um, maybe multiple touchdowns, uh, to get his uh, in what will should be an impressive season for him started. Defensively, Dustin, what are your what is your defensive prediction for game one? I know Wyoming likes to run the ball a lot, but they're going to be down. They're going to have to pass the ball at some point. And I'm going to go with the defense gets four sacks. I wanted to go with five, but with the Wyoming offense, I don't know there's going to be that many opportunities. But I'll go with four, four sacks for our defense. Four sacks. Dustin likes to, to stay in the backfield a lot on, the, on some of his predictions. He loves the sex predictions. I'm going to go with we start off season one with a take three game uh, to get the season going. Like you said, if you get up early on them, Wyoming's going to have to throw the ball, and they're not a great passing team, which can lead to uh, interceptions. And so I think this defense is going to create some havoc for Wyoming and get a take three game to start the season yeah. off the right way. And to add a little to it, I know we just said don't, but I'm going to say one of the newbies, Braylon Lux or C.J. Bakersville, okay. gets in on the turnover action and creates one of those turnovers. I'd so, love that. Uh, I, th- I think we get a take-three game to start the season, get us feeling right, get us uh, pumped up about this defense and what they can do. I know they've been emphasizing those turnovers, so would love to see that right out the gate to start the season. And our last prediction, I know we both did our scores already, and so we already know what we're going to do for this shot, but but Texas Tech is a 14-point favorite heading into this game against Wyoming, as we do every Texas Tech football game. We bet on the spread in Texas Tech. Uh, We either bet Texas Tech or against Texas Tech, the winner. If you win the shot bet, you don't have to take a shot. If you lose the shot bet, you owe the Tailgate Talks crew a shot uh, you can always pay that debt off with a tweet, um, you know, an Instagram or whatever you want to do. Uh, just got to let us know how you paid your shot bet debt yeah. off. If you don't like taking videos of yourself, you <laughs> can always just, you know, hashtag I paid off my shot bet debt. And so our first shot bet of the football season, Texas Tech minus 14. Texas, Dustin and myself both had Texas Tech winning by more than 14 points. So I'm assuming, oh, yeah. Dustin, you are taking Texas Tech on that shot bet. I am taking Texas Tech as well. Uh, minus 14, as we both expect us to get the easy W. We'll be posting this on Twitter, uh, you know, as about 24 hours from game time. So make sure uh, you get your shot bet vote in. Let us know which way you're thinking. Um, and, of course, if you lose the shot bet, let us know how you pay off that shot bet debt. As the football season gets going, we'll be doing a Texas Tech game every week, and then we always like to get in on the NFL action, and we'll be doing usually what is 
the NFL game of the week. We'll be adding that shot bet in there for us as well. Dustin, that's a, a wrap on our Ooh. Texas Tech preseason coverage. At next time you guys talk to us, we'll be recapping Wyoming and getting ready for the big home opener against Oregon. Uh, any parting shots you got here for Texas Tech football before we head into our final shot? No, nah, man. I'm ready for the get that game. Yeah, we are ready for football season. We are ready to uh, get to CBS at 6.30 on Saturday and watch these Red Raiders kick off the season. But before we get out of here for this week and on to the weekend, Dustin, what is your final shot for us this week? I don't have one, and I'm glad I don't because I like yours a lot and I want to dive in on that for a couple minutes, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we hadn't talked about this in, until now. Of course, these comments came after we recorded uh, last week. This stuff t- typically happens. We have a good podcast yeah. and then something kind of fiery happens after. But uh, last week was a Texas Tech preseason kickoff luncheon at the Civic Center that they do every year. Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, was a special guest, and he made some comments about UT, basically telling Texas Tech to get the job done in Austin, that he'll be there, uh, and he expects us to get the win, which, uh, of course, led to Texas fans getting all butthurt, uh, Oklahoma fans uh, also getting butthurt in that action, um, that they're going to... Uh, the Big 12 is going to skew things towards uh, the other teams who are staying in the conference and shift the uh, disadvantage UT and OU. Dustin, what did you think about these comments that Brett Yormark made? I loved them so much. I love – I mean, this is the Brett Yormark we've seen for the last year and a half. I mean, he's yeah very outgoing, doesn't hide his emotions and speaks the truth of them, and – partly why the big 12 is in the position they are right now and not dead left in the water like texas was trying to do to us and so i think it's great and it's funny that texas thinks they're getting disadvantaged by this when they've been very pro advantaged by especially officiating over many sports in many 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 years um and controlled the conference for so so long that they feel slighted by this it's the dumbest thing but it's of course texas fans are going to feel that way the the same people who laughed at our faces when they left for the sec yeah said that we were in a dying conference that we weren't going to make it you know both them and ou fans were celebrating as they're going to the sec chasing the bag uh and leaving little old texas tech and all our schools out to dry and then of course they're upset when the commissioner who comes in to uh, lead the Big 12 Conference, which, in my opinion, Texas and Oklahoma already aren't part of anymore. Right. They're just here for another year, but they're That's already the SEC in my mind. They're not They're not like, in the conference anymore. They just have to stay here for a year. He's supposed to support the future of the Big 12. That's exactly. his job is to look for the future of the Big 12. Texas and Oklahoma are not part of the future of the Big 12. So, of course, his rooting interest might be a little bit more skewed this year to the 12 teams that are still going to be in the conference Good. beyond this season. That is how a commissioner should act. He should not show Texas and Oklahoma any sort of respect. I don't no. think I've, I I definitely don't think that there's going to be any problems with the fishing this year. I think officials are going to go out there and they're going to mess calls up for both teams. Yeah. There's nothing going to be fishy on that. But I just think that's a comment that a commissioner who's been you know, put in a situation where he understands what those schools did to this conference yeah. should feel a certain way for it. And I'm glad that he does. And I 
could care less about those Texas tiers. <laughs> yeah, they said F you were leaving, so we might as well say yeah. F you back. If you, you're still and they're here. already using it. <laughs> they're already like playing that video. Uh, like, oh my gosh, just it's so dumb. I, I mean, at this point of the season, I guess you're ready to play football, and so you got to use whatever motivation sure. that you can. But, um, and, and yeah, anything that people say nowadays can be used as bulletin board material. But hey, y'all did this to yourselves. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. nobody feels sorry for you. Good point. You, you, yeah, you, you did you this tried to, to kill the conference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you tried to kill the conference. The conference survived, and and now we're not really gonna root you on as in your last year. We're not gonna be like, no. "Yay, go ahead, go Texas, win the Big Twelve Conference." No. So I, I it was just, uh, I think it was a great comment. I, I love that Brett Yormark is uh, is a gangster, uh, and that he comes out there and he's just he does his he he does his job well. Uh, I could never imagine a day back like just a few years ago, Bob Bowlesby <laughs> would never would never. I could never imagine it. Uh, like, even if Bob Bowlesby was still here and going through the same thing that we are, he would still be out here, like rooting for UT and OU and all that shit. Like, it's nice to have a, a commissioner that's on our side for yeah. once. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, those are uh, that's my final shot for this week. Brett, your mark, a G, a gangster. He got <laughs> all the four corner schools, um, and, and yeah, he's not sorry about your your you texas and you're leaving so good for him good for us good for the future of the big 12 let's all go kick ou and ut's ass this year um for all the schools that get to play ou you know we'll be rooting for you uh and let's have a fun season season starts saturday we can't wait uh there's some big 12 football i think or no uh florida and utah start us off Thursday, so that's our first future Big Twelve yeah, team. Yeah, we have the uh, we get to see them TCU Colorado game that everybody's hyping up. That isn't going to be much of a game. Isn't going to be much, but you know, <clears throat> Dion gets the people going. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, we are excited for football season. We can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Recap the Wyoming game. Getting ready for Oregon. We have some news for the Oregon game. Can't share it now, but we'll share it with you guys next week what we're doing for the Oregon game Uh, and to catch everything we're doing here at tailgate talks for this football season. Give us a follow, follow us on Apple, follow us on Spotify. Give us those five stars, five stars for the tailgate. If you listen to us on Apple, uh, kindly leave us a review and also follow our social media accounts. We are on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. We are also on Facebook and Instagram, but we do most of our posting on Twitter. So give us a follow there. Also, Follow that YouTube channel. We'll be posting prediction videos, recaps, and all that stuff throughout the season. So you'll want to give that channel a follow to keep up with what we're doing. So uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, to get notified anytime we drop a video. Thanks for hanging out with us this week, talking Texas Tech offense, getting ready for Texas Tech Wyoming. Have a good rest of the week. Enjoy watching the game on Saturday. And as always, we will catch you all at the next television.